0: So, it'll uh, be interesting to see how they look at the staff meeting tomorrow. <laughs> oh, there we go. Uh, we're gonna have uh, a time of prayer now where Care are going to lead us in our prayers for ourselves and others. Thank you.
1: Heavenly Father, as we stand before you today, we seek your guidance and wisdom as we journey through life encountering many trials and temptations that may lead us astray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you shine your light brightly upon us during our journeys, to be our beacon of hope during our darkest times, to help us define right from wrong, to help us find inner peace within ourselves, and to stay true and honest to ourselves and to help keep us on the right path. Thanks be to God. Amen. Heavenly Father, oftentimes we lose our faith or stray from the path. And it is during these times we see that the symptoms of losing faith start to manifest themselves within us. We are easily tempted by materialistic things. We become insecure. We focus more on our outward appearance and the superficial aspects of our lives, so much so that we forget who we are and we forget who you are. Help us to be strong in staying faithful to you, Lord, and instead of allowing ourselves to be consumed in such temptations, help us, rather, to be consumed in your unconditional love Guide us along the path of righteousness and show us the way to finding our true identity, our identity in Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, Heavenly Father, in our daily lives, help us to overcome the temptation to hide our faith, to hide our Christian faith in the modern world. For young people, especially, it's easy to live without being open about our faith, for fear of persecution, exclusion, or rejection. So, Father, help us to openly display our faith in you and stay true to the identity that you have given us. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: I remember my mother-in-law saying to me once, and and please this is not a joke, so there is no hilarious punchline at the end of it, but I remember my mother-in-law saying to me, when I was growing up, I was Bert and Nellie's daughter. When I got married, I was Reggie's wife. When I had my children, I was known as Paul, Beth, and, uh, Ruth's mum. And she said, when my parents died and when my husband died and all my children grew up and left home, do you know how I became known? The woman that walks the dog. <laughs> she said, I have no identity. Identity. Is important to us and one of the things that prompted me to look at identity at identity this morning was a recent news item about the pressure that is being put upon our young people to look a certain way and particularly on social media and you've you picked up on that this morning in that news item they said that this pressure is making our young people feel anxious. That isn't fair, is it? This is a really important time in your life as you're growing up and exploring your identity. That someone out there will put some pressure on you and make you feel anxious. And I understand why you would feel anxious about this. And I want to thank you for engaging with the topic this morning and for sharing in what I think has been a really powerful way this morning the issues that you face. And I also think it was very astute of you to give an angle on the guy's perspective, because that is something that is very often ignored. But on the whole, it looks like you're being told to conform to a certain look and a style, to have a particular identity. And if you don't play the game, then there's something wrong with you. Don't you get it? Says the world. This is the way you're supposed to be. Well, let me tell you something. The world has no right to tell you how to look, what your body shape should be, and what your life should look like. The world hasn't even got its own act together yet. We see it every time we watch the news. The world has no right to muscle in on your life and give you pressure that you don't need. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, His identity was being challenged by the devil, by the devil, no less. And the devil said to Jesus, if you're the son of God, then you've got to do this. This is what we're expecting. This is what you need to conform to. Hey Jesus, why don't you turn some stones into bread? That'll grab people's attention. And you know the world loves spectacular things. Why don't you just throw yourself off a building and the angels will rescue you just before you hit the ground? Or why don't you follow me? You'll never want for anything and I'll give you as much power and splendor as I think you need. Jesus' identity being challenged. And did you notice what Jesus said? Each time he said, no, no, I know who I am and I will not conform to what the world thinks I should be. I think you noticed, if you didn't, I'll point it out. This encounter ends on a cliffhanger because this is how it finishes. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. The tempter will return. So if you're able to resist the pressure of conforming to the identity the world imposes on you, you will have to do it more than once. But the thing is this, that as a Christian, you are on the winning side. So when the tempter shows up again, you can say in the name of Jesus, get out of here. You can say that because the devil is a loser and he knows he's a loser. You don't need to be afraid of him when you're in Christ. He's more afraid of you. And finally, I'd be known to watch an episode or two of the Antiques Roadshow. I'm sure you know the format. Members of the public bring their antiques to be valued. The owner tells a story of how they came to be in possession of the antique, And then the expert goes on and on and on, telling the story of the history of the item, and I'm sitting there on my sofa thinking, can we just cut to the chase here? Just tell us how much it's worth. That's all we're here for. Tell us how much it's worth. We don't need the story. But the one thing I've learned is the rarer the item, the more valuable it is. And so here's my point. Not a slinky link, moving from the devil to the antiques roadshow, but there you go. But here's my point. When God made you, he broke the mould. You're good enough for him. There's only one of you. You're unique and that makes you priceless. You're priceless. There is a wonderful scripture. Charlie and I were talking about it a few weeks ago. You know what I'm going to say now. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord rejoices over you with singing. When we think about being true to your identity today, God thinks you're amazing. God thinks you're amazing. And that's is the opinion that counts. So shortly, we will gather around the Lord's table. We are invited by Christ, the host. Each of us gather as amazing, unique individuals, equally loved by God. We're not perfect, well, I'm not perfect anyway, but God loves us, nonetheless. And so this morning, I invite you to embrace your identity as a child of God. Amen. <clears throat> and so as we rightly prepare ourselves to gather around a table, we sing our next hymn, and during the singing of this hymn, we t-